Hello everyone, my name is Tom Driver and welcome back to another episode of The Drive Program. Today my guests are Pat and Bernie Driver and they are my grandparents on my dad's side. This interview actually took place back in August of 2021. I interviewed them about their entire life starting out with their childhood and going through their years as parents and then grandparents. So we covered a lot of ground here. We talked about what it was like for them growing up in the 1940s and 50s. We talked about my grandfather's career. He actually worked on some of the earliest computers, working on early versions of software and the hardware. He also loves to work on cars, so we discuss automobiles for a while. My grandmother won a beauty contest, so we talked about that experience. We talked about raising kids and what makes a good parent and even their experience raising me because they spent a lot of time with me when I was a baby. My grandparents also own several properties. So we talked about their experience as landlords and what it takes to manage properties. And then we talked about their involvement with their church and what it takes to live a healthy life and to maintain a healthy relationship. So there's a lot of great wisdom that they were able to share with me during this interview. I'm very, very grateful for this conversation. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode as much as I did. This is episode 33 of The Drive Program with guests Pat and Bernie Driver. All right, this is a test to make sure we all sound good. You want to tell me a story about the rabbit? Do you hear me? I hear you. Okay. What I was going to tell you, Tom, was that in the spring, there were some little rabbits outside, wild ones. And so one day I just said, Coming, 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 coming. (laughs) Come on, come on. And he perked up his little ears and he went, Pop, 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 and came and ate some food out of my hand. So from spring to now in August, he's still out there, and we can go walk by, do everything, and we always know which one is him because there's three of them, and all we have to do is put a foot out the door, and the other two just run right away. Wow. (laughs) That's so cute. (laughs) Have you named this bunny? Itsy. Itsy. That's a good name. (laughs) Come here, Itsy. Come here. Come here. Can you say something just so I... Well, I, I could add a little bit to that story. The fall before, I did all the going out from getting getting newspaper because Pat didn't feel well. Mm-hmm. And I fed the, the same rabbit the fall before she, she she discovered him in the spring. Oh, there's a plot twist here. <laughs> so, but I, I didn't have him eating out of my hand. I just, just gave him a piece of bread or, or some marshal of food. And anyway, he 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 was always friendly at, after that point. Uh-huh. So I th- I think I started off the rabbit in the right direction, oh, and so and cool. and Pat got to go the second step. I get the credit. <laughs> you get well. I I want a little credit. Okay. We'll share. We'll share the credit. We'll share. Yeah. 
See, and I helped you guys tell the story to the world, so you know I want to share the credit of this rabbit as well. What year were you guys born? That's getting very personal, Tom, but I was born in 1941. 1941? And I was born in 1938. 1938. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And I'm in a different decade now. You Did you just turn 80? That's right? correct. Happy yeah. birthday. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be 83 uh, this month. Okay. What day is it again? The August the 25th. 25th. Okay. That's actually, that's actually what I thought. So I do know your birthday. And I'm wearing my a shirt that your dad gave me. Oh, okay. Was that for, for well, not for the birthday. You get, actually, it was uh, Father's Day. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, he's got to give you another shirt then for your birthday. Maybe. <laughs> well, actually, we already got a rain raincoat. Oh, okay. Okay. Nice. So. Well, I guess this is your birthday celebration because I don't know if I'm going to see you uh, later in August. <laughs> well, so August is running out. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so what was it like then growing up in the 40s and then you guys were like teenagers in the 50s, right? What are some like fond memories of that time period? <clears throat> I grew up on a farm okay. and um, when, when I was probably eight years old, we let the, we had a tenant house on the farm mm -hmm. and we let a, a large family have the tenant house free of rent. Because they were having problems. And uh, so I used to play with their kids. There were 12 of them. And uh, I used to, you know, do do things with them. But otherwise, I didn't have anybody to play with at all. Because it was a mile to the cl closest neighbor. Wow. Well, were families just like a lot bigger in general back then? I feel like there's not a lot of 12-person families. Anymore. Well... They're not, you know, you're right. They weren't that many then either, but uh, that was an unusual circumstance. Would people, like, have kids to help with the farms, right? Did that help your farm and your business? No? That, that, no. No, that's... Okay. We didn't get any, we didn't get any benefit financial of any sort. Mm -hmm. I mean, they got to live free and... uh Oh, sorry. I'm just saying, like, in general, wouldn't people have more kids to help run the farm? Well, we, we, you know, we had, you know, uh, tractor and combine and, and those kind of pieces of equipment. Okay. So, you know, we really didn't. And, and we raised more, raised more cattle than anything else. Mm -hmm. While our farm was 500 acres, uh, we only cultivated probably 80 acres or something of that nature. And a lot of that went into things like feed for the cattle, mm -hmm. and and that sort of stuff. So it didn't require was not labor intensive. Okay, you know we didn't have any any hired help or anything like that, okay. or or any, and we didn't take advantage of of having a big family in a tenant house. Okay, so cool, Mamal. What was um, what was your childhood like? Well, I was. The second child, I had a brother that was seven years older than me, and my family came out of an area where there was, the military bought 176,000 acres, and that is near Fort A.P. Hill. So all the uh, occupants and people that lived in that area had to move out of the reservation and find other places to live. Okay. And uh, my 
against my father. Actually, the little house that I was born in is still standing today. Wow. And it's just up the road a little bit. And I, um, Mom and Daddy bought a house, and we moved into it. And as of now, we both, Bernie and I, own that house now, which was my childhood house. And my father got a job with the Rural Electric Co-op. And uh, I guess after he found out he had a girl, better get a good job, and he did. He worked there for 36 years. And um, then about seven, when I was seven years old, along came my sister. So then I came that poor, pitiful, little old middle child. Oh, oh you know how that is. I, I do feel for the middle children. Middle children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have it rough. It's rough. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, but we, my mother and daddy, they had a garden and they had chickens and my mother sold eggs and they had pigs and mom, we had a cow and so that we were very self-efficient that way, and my mother did the canning and the freezing, and she was a wonderful seamstress. And back then, your feed bags would come for the feed for the chickens and all, and there were, they were printed and floral and all of that. And it was very exciting when you found two that matched. And I grew up on feed bag dresses. My mother made all my clothes for me. And my sister. So we didn't have any store-bought clothes. Wow. Okay, so when you found two, the feed bags are something that you, you have the food for the animals, right? Right. And then if you found two that match, you match. make that into an outfit? That's right. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. And my mother never had an electric uh, sewing machine. She always had one that had a pedal to it. And she learned, she was a beautiful seamstress. And we were always proud of our clothes because everybody else was really dressed like that, you mm. know. That's true because that that came out of the time of the Depression. Mm-hmm. And they were very conservative, and actually they taught us how to save money. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the Depression was in the 30s, right? But you guys still kind of felt that wave of everyone was just cautious and um, making the most out of the materials they had and... And things like that. Absolutely. Uh, by the way, I, I moved from the from the farm. They sold the farm when I was twelve years old, and we moved to Ladysmith. Mm-hmm. And I think my father bought ninety acres and and built a house at, at Ladysmith. I, I should have added that to my okay first shot. And, uh, you know, after that, I, I was within walking distance of the school. Okay. So. And your mother was a teacher. And my mother was a, was a school teacher. At that school. At that school, yes. Yeah. And did you guys have running water? No, right? Um, yeah. You did? Always, okay, we had running water before I was born, many okay. years before. Uh, in fact, during the, I think during the 20s, they had a, didn't ha- did not have power yet, mm-hmm. but they had a, like a windmill that, okay. that pumped the water. 
They okay. pumped the water into a tank that was about 20 feet off the ground. And then we had running water in the house that way. Okay. But wait, didn't didn't you not have a, like a, you had to use an outhouse, right? I had, yes, my parents had an outhouse. Okay. And, you know, it's always a joke about I uh, had to use the catalog. You know, some people even said a corn cob, but that, we never had to go that far. And my mother had a wood stove. Wow. Okay. And uh, I was, I think I was in the fourth grade when we got a bathroom inside. Okay. Crazy. Yeah, the wood stove, um, that's that's a lot different, too. I bet it's a whole different way to cook on that. Yeah, yeah. and do your canning and everything. Mm. Okay. That wood stove heats up the house un- unbearably in the summertime i would yeah. think it's kind of weird now that's kind of a luxury for like certain pizza places will have like wood stove pizza it's like a, oh, yeah. a special thing now right. but back then it was just the way you cooked you know um so i you guys met pretty young i feel like are we um like how did you guys meet or is there any chunk of the story from your childhood well actually before? i saw you well first i should say our county had two schools in it that time here. And he went to a school called C.T. Smith, and I went to a school called Caroline High. And elementary, too. But anyway, I thought he was the cutest thing I'd ever seen. But anyway, <laughs> I I love playing basketball. and We did compete with his school in basketball, too. But during one of the guys' games, the coach happened to be a relative of mine, and I said, I would just love to meet that guy. And he blew the whistle, stopped everything, and brought him over and introduced him to me. Wow. <laughs> he, he called time out. Yeah, time out. <laughs> Were you embarrassed? Uh, maybe slightly, but, uh, you know, it was not. I wouldn't call it embarrassment so much as... It was kind of a, a, a compliment to, she was to get good. attention. She like was that. too good looking for it to be embarrassing. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> so anyway, that's how we met. Then we started dating. And Bernie can take it from there after what he did after what he did after graduation. I initially went in service for six months as soon as I could get signed up because I, I did not want to get drafted once I started a career path. Mm-hmm. So I did my six-month worth of infantry training, et cetera. And after that, uh, I was in reserves for theoretically eight years. Then I w- went to Chicago to DeVry Tech for, for two years uh, to, to, to learn something that would be worthwhile. Mm-hmm. And, to, and I hired on with, with then U- Spurry Univac after that. But that was sort of the progression that way. And as soon as I got out of school and I, I, I got my job with, with UNIVAC, uh, we, we got married at that point. And I did graduate from high school. And then after <laughs> I graduated from high school, I went to a business school in Richmond. And then Bernie came back from Chicago, and then he served a couple of weeks in the reserves. He gave me 10 days. Let's get married. Wow. <laughs> so well, it was either that I was going to be gone again for a long time, and okay. I promised her that I would not leave her if I was going to be gone a long time again. Mm-hmm. 
And back in those days, it was if you took her off someplace, mm. you had to marry her. I mean, that was <laughs> the way it was. You just, you just couldn't do like this modern generation is doing. So we would have probably had a different relationship, perhaps, if, you know, if it had been in a different generation. But it has worked. We're coming mm. up in November, our 62nd year. Wow. 62. 62. That's um, longer than most people have been alive, you know. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, we look at the Thank you for that <laughs> comment. <That's... laughs> well, I, okay, it's impressive. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, we got married November the 21st, 1959. And we started off by going to New York State, where Bernie was with Sperry Wren. Sperry Unibank, Unibank, yeah. And... Uh, we were only supposed to be there 16 weeks, didn't have any money, didn't know where we were going to stay, drove into town, and there was a for rent sign there, and we stopped. It was a furnished apartment, and we paid $17 a week rent. Wow. That sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. And so then... Uh, they, the lady said, let me uh, get it straightened up and cleaned up. Why don't you come back in a little while? And we came back in a little while. So they had a kitchen, a living room, bedroom, bathroom. And we stayed there. And then we, we were uh, walking one day, and we saw a sign. Uh, let's see. It was furniture. A kitchen set, a bedroom set, a living room set. For $379. And we decided, oh, maybe we should buy that, and then we'll have it when we leave here. Well, guess what? The 16 weeks turned out to be 51 weeks. So we got an unfurnished apartment and stayed in that and put our furniture in it. Oh, nice. So that worked out really well. And I got a part-time job. I worked at a school uh, in the superintendent's office, and, you know, that kept me company a little bit. And I got selected for a special program because I, I was top in my class, n not in the whole class, but of all, all, all those that were going to Washington, D.C. area. And so they put me in, in a factory so that I, I could work on the equipment Mm -hmm. uh, and get get experience before I got to the field, before I got to the customer's office, and okay. not know not knowing what I was doing. What kind of equipment? Well, computer mainframe computer co equipment. It was okay. for the day. It was the the first machine that wasn't uh, tube oriented. Mm. It was magnetic amplifiers, oh. which was a whole different story. Nobody ever built another one, but. Okay, so this was like a type of computer that they stopped working on it after a while, you're saying? I mean, it's long past, long, many years ago. Okay. Nobody's used one of those machines since uh, probably 1970. And it would okay. fill up a room. It was a lot of equipment. That was not one of the bigger ones, oh. but yeah, it would certainly fill up a room. Uh -huh. So what was the use case of the computer then? What was what? What was the use? What was the use case of these computers? Who was using oh, these? Okay, DC Transit, uh, Small Business Administration. You know precisely. DC Transit used it for one of the big things was payroll. 
Okay. I mean, that was one day a week. But, but mm. you know, it took probably four or five hours to run payroll. But, they, I mean, they used it all week. I, I'm not specific on – I can't give you specifics on what they used that machine for. Okay. You know, during during the week, but they used it all week. Okay. But, but like Friday, so Thursdays or Fridays, they did payroll and – that okay. was the important thing. The printer had to work and mm. they, flawlessly and that sort of thing. Okay. I want to circle back to like some of this, some of the computers you worked on, but I feel like we skipped over so many things, like your experience in the Army and stuff like that. So one, one thing I was curious about before we get into like your experience in the Army was you guys grew up kind of like during World War II, right? So do you guys have memories of that and uh, like what... What do you guys remember about World War Two? Not much. Not much. I, you know, I mean, I remember that our neighbor had a car that was up on 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 jacks. The wheels were it was jacked off the ground. Okay. And if if that was so, they had didn't have to make payments while mm-hmm. they were in service. They uh-huh. were they were allowed to jack the car up okay. as long as it couldn't be driven. Ah, uh, okay. And then they would, when they got back, it was still, you know. Okay, that's crazy. So that that's kind of like your flashbulb memory of of. That uh, that was one of the weird things that 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 World War Two brought. uh, And I had uncles on my daddy's side that went that were in service. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I had neighbors that were you know in in service, but. You know, my father was in World War One, so he he wow. was you know pretty old for to, to be a father. Actually, what did he say about his experience in World War One? Uh, he talks more about the trip over there, and it, that was the year of the Spanish flu, and everybody got sick on the way there. Oh wow! Okay, so so a lot of people. Nineteen eighteen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that... yeah, I mean, they, you know, they were all sick. Mm -hmm. (laughs) wow okay so then when you um joined the army uh or the military what war were we fighting then or was there a war going on what was kind of like the conflict at the time korea korea just uh i guess we were just finishing down korea the next thing was the bay of pigs invasion i think okay you know that that brought a lot of but I wasn't involved in any war. Okay. I, I was fortunate enough to to get between wars, and mm-hmm. I didn't get recalled. Okay. So. And I'm going to step in for a minute. He didn't stay. Uh, he didn't serve out the eight years in reserves because after he got the job with Sperry Univac, it was considered a critical position, and so he didn't have to serve. Uh, okay, cool. Okay. So you were never deployed then in... No, I was never never deployed, no. Okay. So then the education you said you got for two years, what was that, and how did it prepare you for it? it? All kinds of electronic gadgets. Okay. I mean, everything that was known about electronics was taught, pretty much, okay. from, from televisions to microwaves. So were you always, like, really interested in working with electronics and hardware, or did that just seem like the right career move? It seemed like the right thing to do at the time. Okay. What was like challenging about working with hardware or what what was your favorite part about just kind of that kind of work? 
And later on during my career, I, I slid into software. Okay. And I would say that was probably more challenging. I wrote a lot of programs that were used for diagnostics, and it made my job much easier to repair the hardware, understanding the software. Mm-hmm. So what like software languages were you using then? I used the assembly language. Assembly language? Okay. And what, what does that kind of look like? Instructions. Just... One, one instruction at a time. Okay. Is it like logical challenge? What was the most challenging part about writing software at that time? Is it just Does it take a long time to process? Or? Uh, the challenge to me was, to does it show the problem with the hardware? I would write code and what I thought should find any kind of problem. Mm-hmm. And then, then when I found a, a problem, I would go check it with my, my software to see if it found it. Well, you generally did, but if it didn't, I, I would make changes to the software until it found that pro- you know found each problem. I would put the put the trouble back in the machines. Okay, and, well, and like, go in early in the morning and and test it out to make sure that it found a problem. What's an example of the type of problem? Like, would it be the way the circuitry is set up with the hardware, or how do these problems like come about? Uh, that's a tough question, you know. I mean, you know, any any number of, of things. We had a multi MSA that we called it, multi subsystem adapter, mm-hmm. and we ran tape drives and 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 disk drives through those. And they shifted data around because we every, that was all based on eight bits. Okay. And we were running a 36-bit machines, so it, w- it wasn't a, a multiple of eight bit of eight mm-hmm. bits. So, 36 bits g- gave you another half byte off the end, mm-hmm. so it slid into the next word. Nobody else is going to be interested in what I'm. You you getting me into questions that nobody's going to understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to understand, I and mean, they're for- not going to care. Well, first of all, I do interview like uh, other software developers on this podcast. Like I've interviewed by two or three, including like one of my professors who was a software developer. So I kind of get into the weeds sometimes on some technical stuff and I don't know if people understand it than they do. But some o- interesting observation was like my other grandparents were telling me like my granddad around the same time was working at NASA and he didn't have any computers and like he was writing things down and stuff. So it's just, it is kind of weird and interesting to me that you were working on software and with computers this whole time, because I guess it wasn't popular, right? I mean, not everyone, you you were, you must have been in a very unique situation. To yeah, be working on it, it was somewhat unique. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's just really interesting that you, you know, were one of the few people that were kind of working on software in the 70s because not many people were. And, you know, I work in software, so I'm interested in it. But, yeah, I mean, we we can, we can ask Mamaw some questions. <laughs> yeah, and NASA was one of your clients. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I think maybe he was just working, like, as a mathematician, too. Uh-huh. So maybe he just didn't have any computers. Yeah, in the 70s, we had mainframe computers at, in NASA. Okay. Interesting. So... Around this time, did you guys have a kid? Is this when? When did? When was on Sydney born? Well, like I said, I, we stayed. In, we went up in December of '59 to New York State, and we left 
in December of 1960. And I got a job at Army Mutual at Fort Myer. And the next thing I knew, I was pregnant. And Cindy was born December of 1961. And we selected I'd be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And then in 1962, we bought our first home, and the school was right across the street, and that worked out really nicely. And the one thing about having children, and our family started in a, the new development. Everybody knew each other. Everybody basically had started a family, and we all had so much in common mm-hmm. with the children, you know? So we really... That was really, really special. And then in 1967, we had a son, and that was a blessing to carry the family name of Driver. Mm. Bernie had an uncle that hung up on us when we found out Cindy was a girl <laughs> because he wanted to carry the family name. So that was in 1967. And then when Ken went to, oh, I guess it was, Kindergarten had started that year. He didn't have kindergarten while Cindy was little. And then I went to work part-time in the school system. And I became, I kept the books at the school across the street. Mm. Uh, it was part-time, but I'd walk over, work a few hours, come back. But I did the bookkeeping for the school. And then I went to a junior high school, and I was a an attendance person, and I learned a lot of things, why kids were late and what marijuana smelled like and all that stuff because (laughs) they'd come in late and I learned a lot that year. And then during that time of our marriage, we went, not only did we stay in New York, that one year we went back a couple and it was in the Adirondack area and it was really beautiful. And then we went to Minnesota twice and stayed oh, yeah. almost a year with his work. And what we do is have a family or someone we knew that were thinking about buying a house, and we let them stay in our house, and we take everything we didn't want them using put in one room, and they would pay the utilities. Mm-hmm. And that way the house was being taken care of. And when the electric bills and stuff came, they would pay those bills. You know, that was their cost. Mm-hmm. And so that was that. And Bernie always um, likes cars. He could name everything about a car. And he he really, we didn't have a garage. We stayed in that first house we bought for 25 years. So what we did was we moved. We bought a garage with a house attached. Okay. And then we were right on, we were ready to go then. That was really nice. And we lived in Oakton, Virginia then for eight years. And then, oh, and during that time for 10 years, I stayed there till I got my tenure. I worked at the same company Bernie was working for. And then I stayed home because there was this little baby born, and his name was Thomas. <laughs> and I took care of him. But 
I called Bernie and I said, Peggy has gone to the hospital. And he said, okay. And while Bernie was driving home, I had already had a sign. And when he drove in the drive, it had his name, Tommy's name on it, how much he weighed, and what time he was born. And we went over to the hospital that night to see him. And that was you. That was me. And now here I am. Here you are. Adult. Adult. Is it weird to see me growing up? No. No? Just as long as you're happy and healthy. and Did I turn out the way you expected? Yeah. You expected this long hair? No, I didn't expect <laughs> long hair. But I have so many cute pictures of you when I kept you. With. Your mother would bring you in, and then maybe we'd play together a little bit. Then I'd put you down for a nap, and you'd sleep. Then you'd wake up, and then I'd feed you. Then I would take you for a walk in the stroller. Then you'd sleep. Then your mother would come home, and you were a mighty good one to take care of. Mm. So we skipped through a lot of time. I'm going to circle back to some I of those time periods. But you since you're on the topic of me, I, I happen to like that topic. Um, <laughs> why don't you tell? Is there like a like maybe the beach story or a certain story, like while I was an infant that. Oh, was, yeah, was there, there, there are some really good ones we can tell. When uh, Tom asked about the beach stories, um, it had been in the Driver family since 1956, and then Ms. Driver, Mr. Driver passed away in 69, Ms. Driver passed away in 89. And at that point, uh, Bernie inherited the property, and we would go down and we fixed it up and did some renovating, et cetera, et cetera. And Peggy and Ken took a cruise. And we had Tom there with us. And he was nine months old. And he walked from the screen porch all the way down to the back. Incidentally, that was my first year of retirement. Oh, so. Wow. So that so, was kind of fun for you guys then. It was interesting, it certainly. Really interesting. Fun and interesting. Yeah. And uh, he, uh, I, I think that his parents were a little disappointed that they missed seeing him walking for the first time. But he would stand up, take a few steps, get up, throw his shoulders back, and take a few more steps. But we took a video of him all the way down to the and I just kept falling over, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was pretty neat. And I know we're going to go back, but during all of this time, our daughter had a son. She had two sons. And as of now, the oldest one's 28, and the next, uh, Brody's 26, and Tommy is... I'm almost 27. And Tommy will be 27 next month, and then Jamie... And there's, uh, and I'll never forget what uh, Jonathan's birthday is because he was born in the year 2000. Mm-hmm. Five grandsons. Five grandsons. We had a little granddaughter in 1991, but she came too early, and she only lived three days. And her name was Madeline Leanne hmm. Loma. And Cindy got married in 1985. And she would have been Morgan's older sister. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So 
let's take a step back. And my dad told me to ask you guys about like our family tree. He says that there's some interesting stories and characters. So you said at, at one point um, we had a son to carry the driver name, right? Like, what does that mean to you guys? Uh, what is our what is our family like lineage? Um, yeah. And who are some interesting characters or stories? Because I know you've you've looked at our family tree. I've looked at your family tree. Well, let's go back a l- little bit on your daddy's side. And your daddy is Richard Green. Uh, my mother and I went to a nursing home one day to visit someone, and a lady came out of the room that I I knew, and I looked up, and it said Bradley Green. And I said to um, them, oh, my daughter-in-law was a green. And Richard said, well, the only one I knew, or maybe it was Carolyn, said, only one we knew was Richard and Jane Sidney. Jane Sidney? That's your daddy's sister. Okay. And I said, well, that's my uh, daughter-in-law's father. So from there, we found out that just a little way, probably two miles from us, is where Bradley and Alma Green lived. Mm -hmm. And they were relatives. And then on top of that, we found out that Richard Green's grandfather is buried at the cemetery that Bernie and I go to church now. Wow. And uh, and the rest of the green relatives, more of the green relatives. Mm-hmm. So that was really interesting too to find that out. And Richard and Carolyn came to visit us, and we got it stuff out and looked at it and all how it was connected with the family. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget Peggy said, "You all just better stop. Next thing you'll find out, Ken and I'm in kin to each other." <laughs> <laughs> But they're not, right? But they're not. <laughs> but they're not. <laughs> you didn't find that link anyway. No, we didn't find that link. Yeah, well, let's stop looking then, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as far as the drivers go, they originally came from uh, Rockingham County. There was a place named Mount Clinton down near the college at JMU. Mm-hmm. And several of the drivers are buried there. Bernie's uncles and aunts, and one was an attorney. Well, that was your cousin that was an attorney. But Uncle Tommy, we had a Tommy, and we had Bernie's great uncles. Well, they were your real uncles. Tom Tom Driver was my real uncle, and they had no children. Yeah. And Uncle Bob. Uncle Bob is the one that had had one child, and he had one daughter, and I think there, I think she was never married, and there was no sons on that. No, that leg. And then it was uh, the one in Williamsburg. Jim Driver. Jim Driver, and then it was Madge and Georgie. They were the German and your daddy. Jim Driver was a, a, a wonderful athlete. He played all kinds of sports, but he also was in World War One and World War Two. 
He wow. he was a, a a pretty. I think he was a colonel in both. Mm-hmm. Wow. So. And I had that paperwork for you. World War Two. I think he probably worked to get people to sign up. Recruiting. The recruiting officer, probably. Okay. But I'm I'm not really sure what he did. What about the guy that um, is over here in your living room? All right, that is Bernie's great grandfather. Okay. It's my grandfather. Grandfather. My grandfather. grandfather. And it's his great grandfather. It's my great grandfather. And that was back in the 1800s that that picture was done. Okay. Yeah, he was born in the 1850s. So it was a long generations. I mean, my father was 60, well, almost, well, he was probably in his almost 50 years old by the time I was born. Mm-hmm. So. This is super random, but wait, what European country are we from? Are we, do we go back? Do, have you traced it to? We went back to England. England? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the name comes from England, but. Uh, the Curies. The Curies, yeah. Mm. Um, and the Curies got a land grant. Of about as much as West Virginia is size-wise, I think. Wow. Initially, you know, and I'm sure they sold it off in some way. That's where Stanton is. Yeah. But I feel like we've been in America for like a long time. Long time. Long. Oh, yeah. Like I think it was like the 1700s that Carrie's got that land. Yeah. Wow. That's what I always thought. People always ask me like where I'm from, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm just pretty American at this point, like 1700s. If we came over from England, like that's, you know, it's not like we are attached too closely to any European country at this point, you know? That's right. Yeah. Yeah, my mother was a Smith, and the Smiths have been around a long time. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, that's a, I don't think she was a direct descendant of Captain John, but, no. but uh, the, the, you know, the relatives have been here a long, long time. And mostly in Virginia, too, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, something else random. Weren't you in, like, a beauty contest at some point? What do you mean, was I in one? I won one. You won it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> nice. 1958. What? Miss Fredericksburg Fair. Wow. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Thank, um, you. Thank you. So what uh, did you have to, like, train for that? Or no. what, what did you do to prepare for this well, let's see, I had to wear a gown, and I had to wear a bathing suit. Okay. Then I got picked. Nice. So, And then uh, th- that qualified me to go to the Miss Virginia Universe one in Richmond, and I was Miss Congeniality. Nice. So. Wait, I should know what that means. What is Miss Congeniality? I was friendly. You were friendly. Okay. <laughs> no, I can see that. I can definitely see that. <laughs> I feel like you're one of the friendliest people I know, right? You, you've you made friends all along this timeline and, and kept up with most of them, right? Yeah, I really have. What is your trick? Just smile. <laughs> Listen, I will say that Bernie and I, after we came back to our home county, we came back at a good time because right afterwards my mother passed away and daddy was 90 years old. So therefore we were able to help my family. And we had somebody come helping for a while and we took some trips 
And now we can say we've been to our 48 continental states. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. But the way things are now, I don't know. I don't think we need to go to Oregon or... <laughs> not, not again. Not again. It was nice when we were there. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. it was beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I've probably only been to like 12 or 15 states yeah. or something. I don't know. Not enough. Yeah. But I guess maybe Bernie and I should talk about it. We decided in 1972, so we got married in 1659, we decided to invest in rental property yeah and uh, we did and now we have five places that we maintain mm-hmm. for rental and capital gains doesn't sound too good right now in the administration <laughs> I'm a, yeah I'm a little concerned about the taxes mm-hmm. because when the capital gains were forgiven mm-hmm. but the Biden administration wants to make my ans- my uh, the people who inherit it, hurt our property they would want them to to pay capital gains, okay, and inheritance on that, and that's a lot. Oh yeah, it's all capital gains because it's all been depreciated. The way you do rental property is you you, you pick a, a depreciated over a period of time. Mm-hmm. And so it gets depreciated down to zero, and and at that point, then the only thing that not depreciated is the land that it's sitting on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the house the house has been depreciated to nothing, mm-hmm. and so if you would inherit the house now, you, you would to this year you you would take uh, it would take it at the value you inherited at. Mm-hmm. And you wouldn't have to pay anything but inheritance tax, probably not any, because inheritance tax is so many million dollars, a couple of million dollars, before you had to pay that. So it, you probably just would have it for free, essentially. Got it. But now, now with the Biden administration wants it to pay like forty percent capital gains tax or some ungodly amount. Oh, so it, then it's it's barely. Worth it at that point. Yeah, it it really takes away the value of our efforts. Wow. So uh, we don't know how what it's going to turn out to be, but see when Mr. Driver and his driver sold the big farm. Back then, the taxes were ninety percent. But you, if you reinvested it into a farm like they had, that's when they bought the real place. It, it it was a little farm. It mm. was essentially a, a field. It was 35 acres they bought. Mm. And they got, you know, got to move the capital gains. After a certain amount, you had to pay, like Pat said, 90%. I don't know what number that is. Maybe at 40,000 capital gains. No, it wouldn't be. It was more like 10,000. Mm. After 10,000 capital gains, I think. Yeah, it cost 90%. Mm. In taxes. Wow. So the yeah, it's a lot. Well, I mean, I still think it was really cool that you guys were able to like retire early and stuff. So, what was 
What was some of the challenges you faced um, kind of setting up all these rental properties and getting them going? I mean, I assume you had to kind of get this all going like while you were still working, you know, and and kind of have a system set up before you could retire early. So, yeah, what kind of challenges did you guys face and, and, and what was that whole process like? We were very conservative. Mm-hmm. We didn't – we we bought property uh, that, that took uh, – we assume people's loans in mm-hmm. several cases, and it means that we had to put like twenty thousand dollars to to get the property that was worth fifty thousand or sixty thousand at the time. Mm-hmm. So we had a big chunk of the house cash ahead of time mm-hmm. before we bought anything, and um, so and then we each property we paid off as soon as well. Actually, the highest percentage. Percentage of interest we paid off first. And so we paid off each property as soon as we could. And, you know, everything took care of itself after that. Okay, but what about literally the day-to-day stuff? Like, what kind of skills did you need to... Because you fix up most of the houses yourself, right? That's right. So how many hours do you have to spend? Like, let's say take one house. On average, like... How many hours a year are you spending on that house fixing it up, and what kind of skills did you need in order to kind of keep it running? We spend probably a month between tenants, typically. Okay. But beyond that, we don't spend very much time at all. Okay. I mean, it, it, it may run that you get a bunch of calls from one house, but mm-hmm. and that happens in spurts, so it's unpredictable. But most of the time, it's you know, it's... Like the Queensbury house, we haven't had a call there for a couple of years, two or three years probably, at least now. Mm-hmm. So you can often go for five or ten years without anything. Mm-hmm. Another time you may get you know, more, more frequent calls. but And that a tenant that moved in last year this time, they had been there 37 years. Wow. it's a long time. So they didn't. Damaged the house, but the carpets needed replacing it and all mm-hmm. that. So we completely renovated the house mm-hmm. and new kitchen. New and so, carpeting. if they need new carpets, you guys will do that yourself. Oh yeah, you literally put the carpet. No, down. we didn't physically put it down. Oh, we didn't. No, we had it done. Another company. So what? Type we of, did the painting and that kind of stuff. So what kind of things are like we do this, and what kind of things are like we outsource this? Carpet, you guys outsource. We, Painting, you guys would be paint, painting the houses. No, we paint. What other things fall on those categories of like things that you physically do? And things we do wi- I do the wiring. Okay. Uh, you know, if you need extra circuits or, or like the extra bathroom, ha- ha- essentially requires another circuit. Okay. In that case, uh, I I do. I've replaced the electrical sub boxes in bet- You know, uh, uh, electrical main main entrance mm-hmm. box I, I replaced i replaced a couple of them and here and there are you able to do the electrical work because of your career or is this something that i could learn if i ever wanted to manage rental property well i mean i studied electronics yeah like i mentioned earlier so i i know all about electricity and then it's just a easy switch from ohm's law to to figuring out how to you know how the wiring should be done, and what size wire to use, and what's what wire size should be used on a certain circuit, etc. Mm. 
So it's uh, it's it's piece of, that that's all a piece of cake. It's more mechanical, you know, crawling through the attic and running a wire. Mm-hmm. That sort of thing is uh, the difficult is just effort. Yeah, it's physically yeah. And then he, he a challenge. However, mm-hmm. I consider everything a challenge. And he does mm-hmm. plumbing. You do the plumbing too. I do most plumbing. Okay. See, we put in a half new half bath at the uh, Centerville house, and. Uh, but we had to hire like a person to put the concrete down in the floor, well, and then we 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 changed the doors. But then uh, we we had a rough end. We had we contracted uh, with a plumber to to rough in the bathroom, mm-hmm. so so the drains would be right and pass code, yeah. etc. Right. And then. Then we did, we did the all the cabinets and the commodes and the and the and the extra electrical circuits, et cetera, that kind of thing. Okay. And then in the drywall and and we took out all the kitchen cabinets, top and bottom, and then we bought the cabinets and we installed them ourselves. Mm. Well, we, then we had them put the countertop up and the backsplash. Okay. Wow. Yeah. But yeah. You, you it depends on what quality and how much you want to do because now like for the backsplash you can get some peel wallpaper, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But we got the uh, ceramic put it in there. Mm-hmm. It really it really turned out nice. How about bad tenants? Don't you guys have some sort of stories? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Which one would be here? I don't know the best one. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's see. One time is my fault because this lady came and she had the cutest triplet you ever wanted to see. And she was going through a divorce and she said that she'll be getting her money and she'll pay us. And of course, dummy Ed just felt so sorry for us. So we loved her. She moved in. Well, she stretched it at long. She well, I want to get the money. I want to get the money. Well, she didn't get the money. She didn't pay. So anyway, uh, we did have to have her convicted, mm-hmm. and we had evicted, evicted. Uh, yeah, not convicted. Convicted. Well, she almost got convicted, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, we did get a lawyer, and we did. Uh, she didn't show up the first day. She says she went to the bathroom, but. We didn't see it on any security cameras. And then the next time we went. She didn't show up either. She didn't show up either that day. And then the police got involved, and they told us not to go to the door, but meet them there. And they went to the door and knocked on it and told us she had, what, 24 hours to get out, and the furniture had to be gotten out that day. And they stood over him while he changed all the locks on the door. Wow. I mean, it's sad when that comes to that. It is sad. There were three key exterior doors. Mm -hmm. The police required that I put put new new locks on all of them. And then we had another one here locally, and uh, we got a call from the bank that said that the the bank is like kind of in front of where the house is over here. And... uh, they said, we just want to tell you that uh, your tenants are drawing electricity by extension cord hooked up to the bank. 
Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, they had their water cut off, but then they turned it back on, and then they Sneak. came and cut their water off, and then they fixed it so they couldn't turn it back on. So anyway, we got on them, and what happened to them was that uh, they just weren't paying, they weren't paying, and so I got a lawyer for that too. And then we, uh, what happened was, I kind of know the zoning person in Bowling Green, but one of the sheriffs said, come here, I'll help you. And uh, the zoning person condemned the house. Because, because it, it had, had no electricity and it had no water. Mm. And therefore, that forced them out. Wow. You see. That worked better than going, going to yeah. re regular Evicting. eviction. Yeah. Okay, so just cutting off the water and power from the source. They, they weren't paying. Yeah. They, so oh. the water company cut them off and the power company cut them off because they weren't paying they those bills okay. either. And then they weren't paying us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's kind of a rough situation because you don't want to like be quote mean to anyone or anything. But this is also oh, by that point you do. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, when you're looking at five months, that's uh, yeah, it's a long time. It's a very long time. It's really hard to get rid of anyone that doesn't take five months. Yeah. Anymore, you know the laws are are go all toward the tenant. Mm -hmm. So you better have nice tenants. That's all I can say. Mm -hmm. Nice tenants work out well. Mm -hmm. But the, those who want to skirt the law and and see what they can get away with, they can get away with a lot. Wow. And so when, in that situation, would you get the five months back or? No. no. So oh, of course not. No, that's gone. That's so, five. so therefore you don't have to claim it as income. Okay. You see? <laughs> yeah. With multiple properties, you know, at least it t turns into less money you have to pay for taxes. I yeah. I guess that's the only good side that could come out of that. That's true. But, yeah, I mean, if, if that was, like, your only house and you guys are you said two, this one and that one, and that was a big source of your income, that would be a huge problem. <laughs> if you had if you to live months. off somebody else's income, you'd be in trouble. Yeah. Period. Yeah. N never get into a situation. Um, this is a piece of advice for you. Mm -hmm. Never get into a situation where you, you can't make it if they don't pay. Got it. See, that's yeah. what's so bad. Our best investment we have is the cell tower. The cell tower? Yeah, because we don't do a thing. They just pay us. Oh, I didn't know you guys owned a cell tower. Yeah. We don't We're own the tower. Oh, they you rent. We don't own the tower. They lease the land. They lease the land. But they pay the taxes on that piece of land. Wow. Oh, that's nice. That's and nice. a few years ago, they um, wanted to do something, and uh, we said, well, he can just take it down. Mm -hmm. And boy, they jumped <laughs> and, and raised the rent, gave us more rent, gave us a bonus. So was that just luck, or did you guys seek that out? Did they no. no, my daddy had it. Oh, okay. See, my daddy had it. Okay. Yeah, but they just took him. They weren't paying very they much. They were not paying. Mm -hmm. you know, and didn't even put it where they said they were going to put it. Okay. So that, that is a good investment. And then we also get money from uh, farmland. Mm -hmm. We lease the farm, and somebody pays us so much an acre okay. for the product. 
Yeah, we get as much for the tower as we do for the house. And the house, we had a lot of lot of maintenance on the house. Yeah. No, it's no. an old house, and it requires yeah, well, a lot. Yeah, we get to claim that as expensive. Well, yeah, but I'd rather not have the expense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I need to find out how to get one of these tower deals. I need to sell tower in my yard oh, yes. someday. <laughs> no, that's nice. It is. It, it is good. It, if you go seek one, you won't find yeah. it. Yeah, they have to seek you. It, it seems like. Have you seen? It's so many all over the place. Now. Yeah. No, it seems kind of lucky, and it also seems like probably they have their spots already. Like there's not. Yeah. You know, too many new towers getting thrown up. So what about? I feel like we kind of skipped over like all of parenting for you guys. Parenting. You guys. Oh, were we? Yeah, we were parents. We jumped. We? Y'all. Oh, yeah. Y'all jump pretty close, to, like or pretty fast to like grandparent mode. So, okay. um, what do you have any advice for young parents or any just like stories from being a parent that stand out to you? I have a piece of advice, and if I don't tell you, Pat's going to. But you, when you have a have a, a young person, you want to let them do as much as you can. But when you say no, you have to mean no. Mm. If they ask you for something, say yes as much as you can. Mm-hmm. But when there's a time you have to say no, you have to say absolutely mean it. Mm-hmm. Whenever you say no, you must absolutely mean it. So that would be my advice. So what happens if if um, your kid senses that they might be able to push you over and no might not mean no? What's the what you, happens then? It's just problematic. You, you you teach them with small things. Yeah, they they learn that. I can't ha- give you an advice. You have to teach them with the small things first, mm-hmm. and then when it gets to be big things, they'll know you mean no. Mm. Got it. Well, for example, it was like but they when are, they're little, and you would come up to your bathroom, would come to them and say, "Can can I have my friend over tonight?" Well, there's really no reason they couldn't have their friend. Mm-hmm. So you say, yeah. And then, can we go to the movies next weekend? Well, yeah, you know. But then if they say, oh, we want to go downtown to Washington, to Georgetown tonight mm-hmm. <laughs> by ourselves. No. You know. <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> I know how to go. And that was some advice some uh, uh, older couple gave us. Bernie and I were very active with their children. Like, I was with the g- g- Brownies, the Girl Scouts, and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, the children, when they were in soccer, we never missed a game. Unless mm. some, you know, somebody's out of town or something. But we did things with them. Now, for mm. example, your dad, he, he really gave to you all in soccer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He really, really enjoyed it. Had great rapport with you all mm-hmm. with the soccer that we kind of followed that way too. Well, Ken knew the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't know the game as as a first first soccer parents. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so we learned to you know, we learned it from the sideline what we knew, and and our son always knew more than we did, of course, on that particular thing. And a thing that Bernie and I socially enjoyed, we used to love to bowl. Bowl, uh-huh. nice. Yeah, you guys have your own bowling balls. Oh yeah, like shoes. Have you guys ever bowled a? I don't a know if these three hundred. No, is that what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> have I ever game? joined a two hundred? Yes. Two hundred. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't think I've ever done a 200. My record's probably like 170 or something. Mm. Yeah. Well, then you didn't have a very good handicap. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were in the handicap league, so it wasn't, you know, you didn't have to do great every night. Got it, got it. <laughs> but that was just like social for you guys. Yeah, yeah it was so, yeah. We yeah. did it once a week. Yep. Nice. Yep. And then mm. we quit when Cindy went to the University of Richmond because it counted up. Mm-hmm. You know, it counts up by the time you eat. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And all that. And the University of Richmond wasn't that cheap. And Bernie has been excellent on cars. You know, he fixed up the cars for all the grandsons. Mm-hmm. And my son and my And your son daughter. and your daughter. and. Yeah, let's talk about cars. What is your favorite type of car? Well, I've, I've, I've started off with piddling with Colts, Dodge Colts, which was a Mitsubishi manufacturer in, in Japan. And I sort of migrated to Volvos once we own one. Because so, Volvos are safe, right? Volvos are, yeah. And I, I wanted my grandchildren to be safe as possible. Mm-hmm. So that that's why we did the Volvos for their grandkids. Mm-hmm. And What about you if you had, like, um, millions of dollars right now, and you could go buy any new 2021 car for yourself. What would it be? I, I really don't. You know, <laughs> I can't visualize being in that position. First off, but tell him and how so, much you like the one you have, the vehicle. What you, you own. Yeah, we, what are you driving then? Yeah, we we drive a Honda Accord now. Okay, and uh, that's. You know, it's been a, a great car. Probably the best car that we've ever had. Mm-hmm. You know, and we've had you know Volvos and 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 BMWs. I, I you know they they all got their flaws and their good points, but this one is you know it has a teeny little engine, but it's a turbo and it gets good great gas mileage. Mm-hmm. And, and I like that because. I'm too tight to spend a lot of money on mm-hmm. on gasoline. That that seems like a waste. Yeah. And it also, it's as far as I'm concerned, it's better for the environment as well. Mm-hmm. The, the less gasoline you burn through it, yeah, you know, the less harm you're doing to the environment as well. Maybe the last year they make an accord with a standard shift. This is a six speed manual, oh, so okay. that had a lot to do with it. Okay. And it has a lot to do with why I didn't like the Lexus, because it was an automatic. And mm. I, I just don't feel in control. Okay. Is there, like, any other benefits to driving stick other than um, I, the, the feeling of, of switching? I think probably you can manage things better. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it improves the gas mileage if you're careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, you can be, I think you can work at it better than you can with an automatic. But nice. I, I don't have any figures to prove that, but because yeah. I'd have to have an exact car with an automatic to compare. But is anyone like Henry Ford or something an idol of yours, or or any of these companies? Um, like, are you ever like really impressed by some of the engineering that goes into some of these cars? I'm impressed with them all, all of them. Yeah. Do you ever look at uh, car shows on TV? Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I I typically look at, at Velocity, uh, yeah. which is a, they have a Mecham auctions. Are you oh, ever, they did. 
Are you ever not impressed by car? Like, is there a brand that, um, or a model that you're just like, wow, I hate that one? <laughs> well, I didn't care for a Pinto. And a, a Pinto? <laughs> I don't know that is. It was a Ford mo- oh, okay. model in, in the in 1960. Why didn't you like it? Uh, it, it I just wasn't impressed. Okay. I, I, I never drove one, so I did not not like it particularly. I didn't care for some of the things that, at one point in about 1970 or 71 or two, somewhere in that probably 1970-ish, uh, they you 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 had to have your seatbelt hooked to start the car. Mm-hmm. And I had I had my seatbelt. I rented a car and had the seatbelt hooked, and it still didn't start. Oh, uh, okay. And uh, I thought that you know it was a failure, failing component. So <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't really care for that much. The thought was good there, but yeah. And I got tricked another time with a rental car. Uh, it sent me out to, I mean, I, I went to, to rent a car, and it was a particular model. Mm-hmm. And there were two sitting right next to each other, same model. And I put my key in the trunk and unlocked the trunk, and I put my key in, but the, it wouldn't run the ignition. Mm. Well, I, I'd gotten the wrong car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> So the 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 trunk keys, you know, worked and uh, but the ignition did not work cross car to car. So, so you could unlock other people's cars, basically. No, that was just oh. coincidental. Oh, coincidental! Coincidental that particular key, okay, okay, from the car that I rented fitted the one next to it. Got it. <laughs> wow, it was kind of a good trick. Yeah. What do you think about um, like self-driving cars these days? Uh, are you excited about that future, or do you kind of are you nostalgic for the past? Where I'm, I'm not excited on, you know, I, I like some of the features. Mm-hmm. The fact that our current car will put on the brakes if you get too close or something, which mm-hmm. hasn't happened too much. But uh, well, if it's on cruise control, it'll back off mm-hmm. and and stay in a certain range of speed of the car that's in front of you 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 know so that gets kind of aggravating on heavy traffic when you when you're about ready to change lanes and and the cruise control kicks back and and puts on the brakes maybe (laughs) yeah that's cool it will put on the brakes what is that one of the innovations that you're most impressed like since you've been working on cars as a kid till now like what at the moment was like the the most interesting innovation you thought I think it's interesting that 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 happens, but I don't really particularly care for it. Okay. You know, although it is a safety feature, you know, I like the only thing I like about it is the safety. So what really was there an innovation that you did really care for that you that was really exciting? Like a certain model came out like that just really was impressive to you or stood out? No, no, not particularly. I was practical. You know, I was too practical in my younger years. But you like the backup camera. I like I, I like features in in the car. The backup that's a, that's a feature I like a backup camera. So I don't want to like jump in too deep because I will not understand everything. But when it comes to working on cars, do you have any advice? Is there any skill that someone could pick up, like changing their oil or something that you know um, would be useful to know? You know, it's it's nice to have a, a auto lift that you know a, mm. a car lift so that it, 
that you don't have to crawl <laughs> underneath to do it. Uh, yeah. But a simple process mm-hmm. to change oil. You know, it's not. How about checking? Checking oil is important. It's changing it. You know, you need to have enough oil. What's um the most difficult issue you've ever run into while working on our cars? <laughs> Hey, look, you're asking me a tough question. <laughs> no, it's not tough. Uh, I, I can't, you know, they've, all, all the problems I worked on were interesting. Mm. I found them interesting. I, I said difficult, I, I don't have any difficult problems. Mm. But now that's working on the car. Suppose you're bringing one back to life after it's had a wreck. Oh, yeah, that's... What's the story, man? Well, I don't think there's any story. I think it is a story. Which Remember one? Remember when you had the Colt in the backyard and you were going to replace it with a new engine? Oh, yeah. I, I, when we went to bed that night, I said, Bernie, that one is not going to fit in this one. And you said, oh, I think so. And then he went out to work on it the next morning. He came in. And he might have been 50 years old, but he looked like he was 70 when he came in. He looked so bad. <laughs> yeah. And I, I said, what's wrong? He said, it won't fit. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, tr- the transmission tunnel on a manual Colt mm-hmm. is narrower than one with an automatic. Mm-hmm. The different design on the transmission tunnel. Okay. And I had had a wreck, and, and I had a lot of Colt parts Mm-hmm. Because I had the colt dragged home, uh, so I, I I took the engine out and I found another colt, same body, maybe a year newer or two, that had come with a five-speed manual transmission, and mm-hmm. it wasn't a direct. I mean, I had to, I tried to put the automatic transmission up in the tunnel that mm-hmm. that. Pat's talking about. In other words, I put the engine in with the transmission connected, mm-hmm. and then it, it it wouldn't go up into place because the tunnel wasn't wide enough. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> so it was kind of a you know. You were not happy, Captain. Kind of hard on the gray hair, you yeah. know. So you had to get a different. Uh, no, I just put the five. I put the five speed on it, which was a better choice anyway. Okay. But I had to take the body grinder and grind an inch off the crankshaft <laughs> in order to fit all the clutch on, etc. Mm-hmm. And it all turned out well, and, and it lasted a long time. But. Nice. And you just find that like really satisfying when mm-hmm. when you get a, it. It was not together. not satisfying the, when it didn't fit. <laughs> but but does that make it more satisfying than when it eventually does? Probably. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about what about like is there like a model that's been pretty easy to work on over the years that you you just haven't had any trouble with at all? Well, the car in the garage is never you know it's forty thousand <laughs> yeah. miles and hasn't had it. I should cross fingers because it hasn't given me any trouble at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, tires would be the only problem that we've had, and they wore out and had to replace them. Hmm. Mm. Cool. But I don't do that. I take it to. Yeah, you know the tire tire place, and and they have the equipment, mm-hmm. which I do not have. Mm-hmm. What about any general advice in the field of driving? Like you guys gave me, I think, like a kit, you know, full Clean. of um, like something to check your tire pressures. Uh, like, what do you think? Just the average driver needs to know. Um, 
Well, the general advice. The, the most cars now have a, a, essentially an, an, a, a detector in each tire mm-hmm. to tell the tire pressure. And if it gets out of range, either too high or too low, mm-hmm. it'll light a light in your dash. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they do that now. But, of course, it, it becomes tricky. Which one, if one of them fails, which one did fail? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So you still need one of those things to check. The um, tire gauge, surely. Yeah, tire gauge. Oh, yeah, I have, to, I have to keep this car, the car that's in the garage, I have to keep... The the uh, pressure range on mm. the tires between twenty eight and thirty four. Between twenty eight and thirty four, okay. You know, or the nice little light will come on and let me know that. Yeah. In fact, I would like to run maybe thirty six, but they won't let me do it. Mm. Why do you want? Why do you want it so high? Better tire mileage. Ah, uh, okay. Nice. But mm. uh, that that's not a big deal. It's sort yeah. of a little, you know. Maybe these tires run, you know. Maybe they they go just as many miles at thirty two as they as some of the others mm-hmm. might go. At, I mean, I don't know. The first set didn't last too well, but they were BF Goodrids, and I'm not a. Mm-hmm. I don't care for them. They I've never had a good BF Goodrich tire that lasts very long. Mm-hmm. During your guys' life, what is like the most memorable moment, like in America's history? Or even like the globe, you know, globally, like what do you guys, what stands out, um, like significant moments that, uh, were either good or bad for the country, you know, like through the seventies and eighties and nineties, like what do you guys like remember about the culture? Well, I think as far as being bad, 9-11 was so bad. Yeah, that's what I was. And now. I think what's happening in Afghanistan's bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad right now. That's really bad because the Americans that are there, they say they're going to let them come out. It doesn't sound like it today. Mm-hmm. I mean, this day, you know. But I was going to say something else. Like during their lifetime, together, we 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 work well together, and yeah, we get aggravated sometimes <laughs> together. But Bernie is like magic. I break it. He fixes it. <laughs> and I can always depend on him. She expects it. Sometimes I, I'm not successful, though. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes then, the trash can's a winner. <laughs> but anyway, he's, he just has the knowledge. His sister, Bernie has a sister, and she says that when he was a little boy, he would just go take the doorknob off the door. Why? Because he could, and he'd put <laughs> it back on. He's always had that knowledge or skills to do things like that. Mm-hmm. And he has more patience than anybody I've ever seen when he's putting something back together, whether it's small or big. When I was 8 or 10 years old, I used to tear the pocket watches apart and put them back together. Wow. If it didn't work. I mean, mm-hmm. I would. Did they you take them? Some someone did. Sometimes I did. Some sometimes <laughs> I didn't. That's cool. Yeah, those things they have some pretty interesting mechanics, right? Yeah, yeah. And one thing I have enjoyed that maybe other people don't, but there's some others. I love to go to yard sales, and oh, when yeah. your grandchildren were little, I would find so many things 
Mm. And now that I am so old, I just keep riding by because all I see is baby clothes. <laughs> <laughs> what what excites you so much about like a yard sale? Well, then you, you all came up pretty close together, and then they were just such some things where had the tags still on. Mm-hmm. Pat likes a good deal, and I, mean, I like a good deal. Mm-hmm. And you could probably find you like unique things too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I find some weird things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll buy it because it's different, you know. Mm-hmm. And she buys it because it's a good deal. If you, mm-hmm. that she just likes that good deal for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, she you- comes happy comes home happy when she finds something. That's worth a lot and for a little money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone everyone should appreciate a good deal. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know why people don't. Um, well, you're kind of talking about um, kind of your relationship dynamic because Bernie is so patient, but maybe in a more general sense. Um, I mean, you guys have been together for sixty years. So, do you have any advice just um, how to maintain a healthy relationship? Be nice. Mm-hmm. And take a day at a time. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is one thing I remember we talked about. Probably it was in the 80s or something. And I said, you know, if, if you don't like something I say or you're aggravated, don't put me down in front of other people. Mm, that's a big one. Yeah. You know, wait till we on the way home or get outside. Mm-hmm. Because it may be just misconstrued, you know, if you don't know. And we've been good about that, haven't we? We try to be. Yeah. Yeah. There's a saying that's like uh, praise in public and scold in private. Not mm-hmm. Scold's not the right word. but uh, Put down. Put, yeah, yeah. And I think um, that's really important with relationships, just kind of being a team, you know, when you're out and about. But then also to your kids, too, like as parents, I think. You really should be on the same page when you're talking to your kids and not kind of show them the the arguments behind the scene, right? Right. Yeah. And one other thing about your children that we talked about is you can't be their friend and their disciplinarian. Mm-hmm. You know, be nice to them. But, like, when we do discipline, we really mean it. Mm-hmm. Know? So... Or just little thing. Is that well? I don't know if that's little, but it's meaningful. Your children have to be your age mm-hmm. before you can be friends. Yeah, yeah. You can't be friends with a six-year-old. That was my grandfather's clock. In case mm-hmm. that came through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I can edit some things out. So that probably I'll probably take that out or I'll leave it in. I don't know. That, that's, that's history. <laughs> that's history right there. That's <laughs> history. All right, I'll leave it. It is history, actually. Mm-hmm. What's the story behind the clock then? Okay, the the way our f- family wound up with the clock was it was in uh, my grandfather's home. Mm-hmm. Okay, and after his passing, he had two two daughters that lived in the home. You know, for for years, mm-hmm. and in, in nineteen probably forty six, the house caught on fire and burnt down. It was a nice, beautiful brick house. Mm-hmm. And but it was was old, but you know it, it was probably you know over a hundred years old, and it was it burnt very quickly. But they th- threw this clock, the grandfather clock, out of the window, 
second to the uh, second floor to preserve it. Mm. And they threw it on top of the truck. Uh, I actually threw a mattress out and threw the clock out on the mattress. Wow. So it didn't take much damage? No, it did not. It does oh. have a crack. It has a crack in it, but I don't know whether it was related to no. that. But that's we could tell wow. that story and if you want to. He got it from his uncle. Yeah, go to Williamsburg to get it. it. But anyway, the top comes off and the clock did not work. But we took it to Stanton, Virginia, and had it fixed. Mm. Nice. So if someone was a bad thrower, that clock would well, not be. I don't know. I don't That's know true. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. oh, it could have le- left they in the house to burn. Missed that mattress. Another five <laughs> minutes. And then, uh, <laughs> either my father, who threw the clock out, or, or the clock, one or the other, who probably would have gone if, if it had been another five minutes. Mm-hmm. Now, who did your daddy play football against? Uh, Jim Thorpe. Jim Thorpe. I don't know who that is. Okay. Uh, who is that? I got some paperwork. He, okay. He was the most famous Indian, I think, that had ever played football. Oh, really? He was like Native American? Native American, yeah. Okay. Cool. He he, he was uh, the athlete of athletes or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And his Bernie's uncle in 1900. was an Olympic judge in Belgium. Wow. Olympic judge in Belgium. Uh-huh. It's very random. But... Was the Olympics in Belgium? Yes. Okay. The Olympics were in Belgium. It's kind of hard to be an Olympic judge without yeah. having an Olympics. <laughs> that was kind of a dumb question, wasn't no, it? No, I said it the wrong way. When the Olympics were in Belgium, he was a judge. He was a judge. Cool. Um, one other thing I feel like, I feel like kind of later in life, at least, you guys got pretty involved in the church nearby, right? Oh, yeah. So how is that church and how is like God and faith like played a role in your guys' lives? I think it has. It, sure it has, but uh, the church itself, I, I, I've been a deacon for years, but I'm off the deacon board now. I did the bulletins for 17 years, mm-hmm. and I was the church treasurer for 10. Okay. And we are now down to... We're good if we have 20 people in church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That sense of pandemic is really cool. Oh, yeah. pandemic, but are they going to come back? Yeah, I don't know. I'm, it's kind of up in the air, right, with the pandemic and if you should or shouldn't go to church, yeah. you know, especially a lot of people, they were really old. So. And see, we're old. Yeah. We were all but basically <laughs> compromised. That's the biggest problem with our church itself is we don't, most of the people are old. Yeah. Well, how about like before the pandemic? What kind of role did that church play in your life? And um, like, I'm, we were how- very active. Enjoyed going. Remember? Oh yeah. And the pastor that we have, he really preaches right from the Bible. Mm-hmm. He's an excellent preacher. So. Yeah, but I know that you guys were involved there. It seemed like um, really? a big a, a big point of fulfillment. Oh yeah, um, in your guys' life for That's like right. many years while I was yeah. younger. And um, then you see Ken. Ken was baptized at Springfield Baptist, mm-hmm. and I'll never forget the preachers thought a lot of Ken, and he said he's he's very teachable. Mm-hmm. Ken, well, he read well. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Springfield. Like uh, you guys used to live in Northern Virginia. What do you think about that area and how it's developed over the last you know thirty years? Good place to be away from. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I can't say we ever enjoyed Northern Virginia very much. Yeah, I mean, you know, we enjoyed our neighborhood, mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, I thought it was great for uh, children when they were growing up mm-hmm. because there were a lot of children to play with and the school was right across the street. Mm-hmm. So it was all convenient. Uh, but we, we never cared for the traffic and mm-hmm. the crowds of people. Uh, that you run in, you have to compete with every time you go out on the road. It's getting worse worse every day. Mm. Yeah, I I kind of enjoyed moving out of there, to be honest. What is Tampa like for traffic work? Um, So I don't go into the city too much. Uh Like, I'm going to start working from home soon, and um, Sabrina actually, uh, she's been online, you Uh know? So she's going to start, I think, commuting into Tampa for her fall classes and then i'll have a better idea on it but right now i kind of live in like a retirement community and i just kind of stay there you know yeah um but the traffic's not too bad but the florida drivers are crazy man they're insane like i don't think they know what a turn signal is they'll just come past you like on the right hand side like aggressively are you sure you're not in puerto rico (laughs) yeah I'm that's the way they drive yeah and when you get to the light they go beep (laughs) <laughs> yeah and they pass you on the right on a two-lane yeah. road <laughs> no like on a three if there's a three-lane road and i'm yeah. in the middle sometimes someone will come crazy fast and pass me on the right so i that way i know that they're deliberately not doing the right you know right. If, if it was a two-lane road maybe they don't want to wait for me to get over right but like it's happened to me a couple times on three way three lane roads where i'm like okay so you just- are you thinking it was th- three lane roads that go three lanes that are going your way yeah uh, yeah okay yeah. i'm talking about two lanes one in each direction oh oh, oh like that, that would be a six lane road oh yeah they're, that they're, you're talking about. a lot of the roads are bigger than that you know um so i haven't i haven't ran into that issue but i'm just saying that they deliberately don't follow the 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 rules very well you know, and that that's one example. It's like, yeah. why are you passing me on the right? Whereas, like, in Northern Virginia, the, tr- the traffic was worse and it was insane and everyone was in a rush. But I just felt like people were, like, they were rushed, but they were at least playing within the guidelines. A they were bit more, more predictable. Yeah. yeah, they're more predictable. Yeah. Predictable. And that's really important. In that's the car. important. Because yeah. everybody knows what you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You know, or yeah. can, figure out, can figure out what you're about to do. And Virginia now has a law that... If a policeman's over here, go over in another lane. Mm-hmm. Uh, you all may have that in Florida, too. Mm, yeah, I think. Yeah. I'm, I'm not it, sure. It's a rule now. That okay. You do that. And no handheld phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that happened July 1st. But all in all, I'd still, I guess, prefer it because the, the traffic itself is, it's it's no fun of being stop and go traffic, you know, and that's Virginia, Northern Virginia gets a lot of that, so. And, and 95 Stop mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. The one other thing I wanted to talk about was um, how have you guys maintained your health um, all these years? You know, you guys are both in your 80s now. Um, do you have any advice uh, for just like literally how to how to live that long? I mean, it's impressive and you had to have been keeping up with it. To Well, we have yearly physicals mm-hmm. and I have. My mammogram. There are certain things like women have a mammogram, mm-hmm. and because of my age, I don't have to have certain ones done. And I go to an endocrinologist because I'm diabetic, mm-hmm. and I go every three months. And Bernie has physical, mm-hmm. and Bernie goes every three months now to a dermatologist because he's had some. It's cancers. every six months, actually. Six mm-hmm. months. 
I had uh, a, a mild version of skin cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it was on my shoulder. We took a lot of vitamins and pills that were supposed to help you about the pandemic, like zinc, magnesium, and a whole bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Definitely D. Vitamin Everybody D. needs D. Yeah, I've been taking vitamin D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, D is a good thing too. for the pandemic. We probably don't exercise as much as we should. We used to walk a lot in Northern Virginia, but we don't have a walk in the country, see, because the roads are too. That's like I ninety five up there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much traffic. I mean, people drive by seventy, seventy, you know, seventy mm-hmm. miles an hour. Get over to your um, beach house and oh yeah, sometimes, yeah, 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 right. Oh yeah, that keeps yeah. you guys and the houses keep and you guys active. The pave, put the pavers down, and mm-hmm. I think you know. Being active is probably yeah. as as reasonably can. In other words, if you feel bad, don't do it. But mm. if you you know if you can, do as much as you can. Yeah. Well, we've always got projects. Like I was I was about to say us. all these houses seem to me it seems like it's keeping you guys active and it's almost its own form of exercise. Yeah, it, it, yeah, I agree. And then just like eating healthy and stuff. I'm I'm assuming right. Yeah. We try to eat healthy. Sometimes we slide off the wagon. And, but yeah. we eat our salmon and we eat salmon. Mm. But neither one of us can afford to to eat much sugar anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm not diabetic yet, but if I continue to mm. eat like I have at, uh, eaten in the past years, I probably would turn in. To yeah. Diabetic. Oh well, I'll, and I'll tell you another thing. I. My parents died from heart problems. My grandparents did. My mother's brother and two brothers died from heart attacks. Well, anyway, a lot of heart attacks in the family, cousins and all. So I told my doctor, and he said, well, tell you what, why don't you get a good evaluation? So he sent me for an echogram, sonogram, Karate arteries and arteries in the leg. Mm-hmm. And everything came back fine, but I do have mild blockage in my uh, karate arteries. But I knew that before I went. Mm-hmm. But they just said, he said, but you see, that's not bad because then there's moderate. Mm-hmm. And then by another stage, then we can mm-hmm. do something better. But they don't do anything unless it's more than 50%. So anyway, it made me feel better mm-hmm. to know. So you just got to check up on things and make sure you're Complete, fully fully aware. Completely. Yeah. Because it was so much in the family. Yeah. 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 At this age, I can get away with like, oh, I won't worry about that right now. But, I mean, pretty soon I'm going to have to be getting everything checked out immediately and, you know. Get good physicals. Make sure I'm aware of everything health-wise that's yeah. going on. Have you? Well, no, I don't think you have to do it yet. There's a shingle shot, but I think you have to be 50 to do that. If you had chicken pox, you need to do that so you won't get shingles. Mm-hmm. But diphtheria, you may not be in tetanus and all. You might not be up to date on that. Shingles is something. Shingle shot is something you should take at around 50. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I got some years on that. <laughs> yeah. You should worry. Yeah. I think they ruled that the reason I felt so bad last summer, my thyroid was high. Mm-hmm. Everything was out of balance. Mm-hmm. My daddy's hands look like that. Mm-hmm. That's arthritis. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. 
but it's not rheumatoid arthritis. So it's not something I actually interviewed someone who had rheumatoid arthritis, uh-huh. but she had it from a young age. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was telling me about it and the struggles that she's had. Mm-hmm. She was difficult. Bad. Yeah. This doctor we have that does the fingers, the physicals, he takes time, doesn't Yeah, we've always watched what we ate, too. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we eat too many sweets, but as far as meats go, we stayed away from red meat. Mm-hmm. And fried. And, and the fried food. We, you guys didn't drink much, um, at least during my lifetime. No, no, no. no. Did you guys drink much as like young adults? No, no. You, did you guys ever drink? Uh, I mean, maybe a, a beer to with friends yeah. or something, but not, no. not yeah, on I a regular might, basis. I might have a glass of wine. Okay, I'm not that fond. But you guys were never much drinkers. No. Yeah, you didn't have to worry about that. No. That helps, I think. It helps a lot. I'm definitely trying to cut back on the drinking and maybe give it up altogether. I think as I head into my 30s, it's not it's not as good of a look. Well, I mean, I don't think it it hurts you to to drink some, but mm-hmm. it doesn't pay to overdo it at any time at any age. Mm. To you know, drink. In other words, you don't want to be a a drunk for sure. Well, what like is there anything else? We'll probably wrap it up. But um, what are you most proud of, or like what is one of your most fond memories? Marrying this man. Marrying this man. Well, I guess the same. How was the wedding or and honeymoon? Where'd you guys go? <laughs> well, it was such a quick thing that, that we and we had no money, and I, I hadn't started a job yet, mm. so we we just sort of took a took a little trip, a short one, and came home. I was. I'm laughing because remember you sprained your ankle oh, yeah. the day before and you were hobbling all around and then you got stepped on a rock and then you were jumping all around oh, yeah. because your ankle hurts. I had a real bad sprain in my ankle the, the day before. The day before we got married. Oh, boy. But, mm. Yeah. Well, to end it off, do you guys have any like um, specific advice to me? Like, n- like not just general advice, but... You have any advice for me just to live a happy, healthy, fulfilled life? We want you to have a safe, happy, fulfilled life. Do good with your job. And as far as I know, we we like Sabrina. <laughs> and she'll keep you straight. <laughs> I like her too. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. good. And... Uh, Bentley, he we we recognize him to be in the family. That's very, that's good. He I'm sure he'll really appreciate it. <laughs> he's he is part of the family for us. So yeah, he's a cutie. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Well, I love you guys, and you we guys seem you. like you've had an exciting life. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, I'll think of all the things that we should have told you. Well, we can do this again sometime if you forget. <laughs> but you guys passed down a lot of wisdom today, right? If you say no, mean it. That was a good one. Well, I, I <laughs> hope we guide you in a, the right direction. And I think it's good that you and Sabrina have had this time together and things have gone good for you. Mm-hmm. 
I'm looking forward to the wedding, but don't wait too long. Okay. Oh, Corey, looking for the grandkids too, but that's another story. I don't know if I'm. Married, you married? There's so many wedding things first. happening in the world. I don't know what I worry about. The world's a more complicated place than when when we were, when we came along. It was very simple. It wasn't yeah. any distractions. Yeah, from talk, I've talked to now both my grandparents in the last two days, and yeah, it's it, it's radically different now. It's it's. It wasn't completely simple, obviously, but in comparison, simple. So so much different, so much different. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, and even this next generation. I mean, I'm old now, so there's kids growing up with iPads in their face and stuff, and it's just a whole like. You guys just have nothing in common with those kids that are like growing up with computers like in their faces from three years old. It's just. It, and and the the difference in generations will get bigger and bigger like you know like it's that with technology that gap is going to keep growing and it's it's weird it's like people five ten years apart don't always they don't have things in common nowadays you know what i'm saying like i don't relate to 15 year olds the same way i think um like 60 years ago a 20 year something year old related to a 15 year old because that 15 year old just has a I grew up with a whole different set of technology and resources than I did, you know? It's just it's just crazy how fast things are changing, you know? Well, just think, my mother passed away in 98, and I remember she said to me, what does facts mean? Wow. She had no reason to know because she hadn't worked and used a fax machine. Mm -hmm. And just think how much has changed since 98. Mm. Your children yeah. won't know what a fax is either. No, they won't. <laughs> For a different reason, yeah. No, but I'm saying, you know, so much time. And what brought all this on? Those games, the videos. A lot of that's been bad for children. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, it's weird. I mean, this medium of podcast, um, it's even though it uses technology and stuff, it's pretty simple. It's, it's, it's nice to see something kind of like get a little more simple, right? We were doing big movies and, you know, VR headsets. And then like, the last couple of years, podcasts have exploded, which are the most similar to like radio as mm -hmm. anything, you know, like this, people can listen to this conversation just like in their headphones or their cars. And I mean, I like, I like it. I don't know why, but it's, it's kind of a step backwards from where we were headed, you know, at least just this, this medium, you know? Yeah. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. And yeah, I've enjoyed talking to you guys today. It's been awesome. You learned a lot about us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> definitely.